0: Okay, just getting situated. Situated. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, folks. Awesome. Oh, Aw, is here already. Early birdie. Love it.
1: Hey how are you?
0: Well how are you doing? Good
1: good. I would have come uh, a minute earlier. I'm usually one to be on time but Luna, is, uh, Luna is, is just barking so we're going to be taking uh, her upstairs. <laughs> Unfortunately it's way hotter up there.
0: Oh no. Wow, how hot is it over there?
1: <sighs> it's too hot. I think it's too hot. I, I don't know the exact uh, the exact temperature. I'm afraid to look yeah. truthfully but it's <laughs> It's it's too hot. I'm sweating. <laughs> we don't have AC here, actually. Either, oh, so.
0: oh, oh, and you just moved to that new place too, hey?
1: Yeah, yeah. We just got here. So fortunately, like the majority of the the uh, we're downstairs for the most part. So yeah. It's a little cooler, but it it doesn't make too much. Fun. Oh no! I'm so are you staying cool there? Are you staying? Are you saying, are you saying, are you saying
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like too cold here. We've had like three rainy days in a row. Like a lot of like tornado warnings, and oh, uh, no. it's been very yeah, very rainy, very wet. So uh, it's supposed to look good for the weekend, like twenty six degrees and sunny. And honestly, during like because this is during the time of Stampede when it was supposed to be. Sure so usually the weather is either really really rainy mm-hmm. really really hot and sunny so it's like this year yeah, it's like
1: yeah 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 i like how yeah. you also just kind of like brushed over the fact that there's been tornado warning warning yeah. is, that a, is that a common <laughs> thing like are you are you okay like should i send help like what's happening here
0: <laughs> it's, it's honestly not normal for calgary like we've been right. getting like i think three days in a row of like tornado warnings and such so yeah, like, it's it's been a little wild,
1: honestly, okay. like,
0: it's been wild. Yep.
1: <laughs> Pandemics, tornadoes, it's, you know, like, what a
0: uh, What else?
1: Just get, <laughs> just a
0: just getting better, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh. Well, thank you so much for joining me with this. Uh oh my goodness I know with this project too it was uh, it it came up from a friend in a conversation I had with this friend and talking about like how, how they were just very critical of when people say, I'm doing research, I'm doing education to better suit myself with learning about like the Black Lives Matter movement. So just because of that conversation, it kind of sparked this idea mm-hmm. of that making knowledge more accessible, making articles yeah. more accessible, and especially with like everything that you and I have been going through uh, with our masters and such, like this is really interesting and like kind of a you know fluid way to kind of go go about notions and these ideas. And right. it's,
1: it's so figure. interesting that you mentioned that like this this idea of like accessibility right like we're doing this this research project between the two of us and our, our, our wonderful colleagues and we're working on you know historical mm-hmm. thinking with Alan Sears and Catherine Duquette um two two people uh, of whom are published in a journal that we do not have access to uh being uh, university students yeah. in, in ottawa with respect to historical thinking like the, <laughs> like the, the barriers that even people in academics have yeah. to go through is is illustrative enough of the challenges that people outside of the academic sphere must encounter right if there's no unless you go to a you know open source journal like it's right. tough to learn these things sometimes you know
0: yeah and even going through like the deconstruction of articles too like it's so like sorry lack of better word it is colonial it is very systemic and very like organized and a lot of the words are very difficult to understand too there's a lot of jargon so
1: yeah and phenomenology and all these yeah yeah
0: so unless you're in the environment like it's really hard to like know what what does this mean like Telling me Even what We don't find? know. <laughs> yeah, I just
1: fake
0: it. Make it till yeah. you make it, right?
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> that's it. That's it. Oh, wonderful. So um, as we get started too, I know we're already going into the conversation already, which I love. Um, it's always so it's just so easy with you. Oh my gosh. I love uh, it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so as we get started, um, We are connected yet away locationally, um, so currently I'm on Treaty 7. Uh, which is located on the territory of uh, the Nez which is the uh, Blackfoot people, the real people here on the Confederacy, which uh, it also connects to Sixaga Bagani, Bagani, uh, Yahe Nakoda Nation, uh, which is the Stony Nakoda. They're just over to the west, and uh, uh, Satina Nation, which is where my university at Marlow University actually was right next to. So. Uh, locationally that's really neat um i also acknowledge that this territory is home to metis nation region three of alberta uh which is a nation i am connected to however i still have allegiance to uh the treaty one territory with my metis um ancestral ties so uh finally it's really important to acknowledge all nations indigenous and non here on this territory who work live and play and steward this land uh, to honor and celebrate uh how we can all be further connected and further together uh So yeah
1: that's that's where I am. For sure and uh, as somebody who is currently still living in Ottawa I do want to recognize and pay respect to the Algonquin Anishinaabe people and the nation uh, in which we're living, learning, growing and thriving on um, land with which you know I could not be here doing the work that that I'm doing uh, without. So I, I do want to pay respects and also acknowledge that I am Uh, also a settler as well so I come from a perspective that is uh, one that should be more conducive to listening and learning rather than speaking so
0: Ah, beautiful Beautiful. thank you thank (laughs) Thank you. you thank you Um. So here we have Drake, wonderful Drake, oh my goodness. So you and I met at a, um, it was a speaker series with uh, Timothy Stanley, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And it was his last hurrah, it was yeah. his last conversation basically and I remember that I sat next to you and I I complimented your computer I think and we talked about... I
1: did compliments on that thing all the time.
0: (laughs) I just thought it was really pretty. Uh (laughs)
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's a Microsoft Surface Pro if anybody's asking. I'm not sponsored. (laughs) She pretty. Uh Yeah, yeah.
0: And we just kind of connected and talked and you asked there was uh if there was a hub for you know master students and stuff to further connect with and um i remember at that time saying that i'm not too sure if there is one quite yet um but that's a really great idea and mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then what happened afterwards and then i ended up getting uh, approved to be able to study with nick which is now our our collaborative supervisor mm-hmm. which
1: is- wonderful yeah Um, yeah we we had that we uh had a class with uh juliana Reese together uh research and education that was that was super cool i do remember that moment i it was you were actually the first person that i got to know at the university i was like you know thank you it's wonderful that i actually get to study with uh with people my age i was i was kind of concerned that i was stepping into uh uh, an institution that was going to be you know people with whom i couldn't connect with as easily and it was such a breath air to, to you know know that people were engaged uh, like yourself um it was uh it was a pretty interesting talk if i do remember remember i i don't remember exactly what was said because i had no understanding of what was going on in the uh in the institution that tim was uh was speaking about and i still don't and i feel like that's something that um we might end up kind of inadvertently talking about today is how this structure imposes ideas that make it really difficult to engage so it's so important that we have this community and, and these people with, with whom we can have these ongoing dialogues
0: absolutely and I yeah. I couldn't agree more yeah, yeah. Oh, you're so eloquent when you speak too. You. to you. I honestly just love to you thank you
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's good I like talking so it's it's perfect
0: that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, fabulous so would um it's up to you, but would you like to kind of describe the article that you and I have uh, decided to unpack together?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, so we started reading this uh, this article by uh, let me actually put it up here by Jennifer Tupper, um, mm-hmm. and if I if I'm not mistaken, she's at York University. No, 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 she's at UBC, UBC. Do you remember exactly what what her university her, her of her. Alberta, and then okay. she also
0: has connections to Saskatchewan. Okay, yeah. So she's okay. very yeah, yeah yeah she's neat.
1: Yeah. Yeah, sweet. So Jennifer Tupper uh, is a wonderful, wonderful scholar, um, and what she she was talking about in this article was how we as educators, we as uh, pedagogical facilitators, should you know leave the space open for 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 folks to be able to use di- their digital tools to engage with the world around them. And this is definitely uh, an idea that many would consider challenging, right? Like we we our education is built on kind of antiquated notions of traditional learning that. Um, say well you students you sit there you you engage with the text and we'll continue to teach you but what what we're learning is that you know with uh, what what happened with the i don't know more movement um, that jennifer Tupper spoke about was that children and youth are going to continue to use their digital tools to the best of their ability and they're going to continue to do it with or without uh teacher guidance so it's important that we as educators we as community members Sort of take a step back and say well hey you know like you know you do your thing and i'm here to facilitate that i'm here to listen to you because your voices matter um so briefly that's kind of what she she spoke about in the context of um how that was brought about in i don't know more movement yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. and uh with this movement too it was uh the movement in itself is talking about how uh there should be more indigenous advocacy that basically opposes resource exploitation on indigenous lands yeah. so it's, it's that's even still prevalent to this day without proper communications and proper uh, ethical means to actually go about solutions together yeah. uh, we got to see that even with what and 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 so. that whole right like that yeah. whole situation that arose there too and in, in February um, uh, right before covid too so it's just yeah and, yeah, and also with the pipeline too, and uh, the the United States even as well. That's also uh, occurring too, where where uh, I think it was the uh, folks in North Dakota. Yes. Yep, absolutely. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. And and uh, they're also doing advocacy so to also stop the pipeline yeah. there too. So still going.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. That's that's a great point. I mean, like what was happening on the uh, on the uh, wet's land specifically? Uh, if I if I remember, it's on. A, I think, is, is the actual territory um, that it was that it was occurring, and this is still an ongoing thing, right? We pretend this this sort of thing isn't happening anymore, and that's part of the, the problem with with online advocacy is that these moments come and they they present themselves on our screen, right? And then they they go by just as as fast, but in reality, like these these things are still very much a part of what's happening in the reality of these these folks living up north. Um, it was what, two days ago, I think, there was. Um, it was, I think it was a motion for uh, a non-compliance issue, sorry. A right. non-compliance issue that, that basically said, like, you know, you're not listening to us. Like this is, you know, but you don't see that. You don't see that on Instagram, you don't see that on Facebook, because there's something else in the, in the discourse right now. And when right. that, th- those issues have the spotlight, when they have the attention, that's wonderful, right? It's wonderful because wonderful work gets done. But when it's not, like, where does that leave us, right? Where does that right. leave us as educators and community members?
0: Right. And what, what, what can we do? Right. how, how else can we include these conversations into, you know, I guess, mainstream again, I don't even necessarily want to even use that word, but mm-hmm. um, we just keep the conversation going in general. And I think, you know, conversations like this, for example, is fabulous to hold because again, we're being able to talk about it and still have, um, have, uh, the, the ability to deconstruct it, I guess, and be able to then share it with folks who might be watching this yeah. as well. So just, You know viewers who are watching like it's still happening it's still ongoing Uh, just be sure to to understand that that it's 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 exactly with like the black lives matter movement too, where it's still happening and it's every single day of our lives right until true justice until true change actually occurs and even then it should still be occurring too I think the pressure on government is a excellent way uh, yeah. to, to show your citizenship to show your your, your responsibility in a way mm-hmm. and to, to bring more awareness to um, I guess our, our community, in general, just how how can we be a good community member, right? Sure, how to be yeah. a good neighbor, uh, like totally. what Mr. Rogers says too. I really do
1: love Mr. Rogers. But He's
0: it's OG, not... yo.
1: He's OG. <laughs> uh, no, I, I love what you're I love what you're saying, and I, I, I think that's so that's so true. And it can be something that is, is tough to reconcile with, right? Like this idea that we need to continue to advocate so that government officials can say, okay, well, let me take a look at this. Uh, like the parents who are going to decide whether or not something's going to happen, but in reality. like most of the time nothing happens anyway right so like how do we come to terms with this it's like we're advocating with a giant question mark at the end of it right and obviously that's kind of a a hopeless way of looking at it because obviously the wonderful work folks continue to do on the front line and continue to advocate for is is not for nothing right this is obviously education that is ongoing and continuing to create a dialogue and a, a discourse that is going to be wonderful and is wonderful but it can certainly feel challenging when it gets presented to government officials who just kind of pass it by, right? And that's something that I've certainly had to reconcile with living in Ottawa, right? Like it's, it's a it's a land of public servants, and uh, I mean even in Toronto, right? Like what was happening with uh, with the Black Lives Matter movement? Like the uh, uh, Matthew Matlow, his, his last name's Matlow, Josh Matlow, was the city councilor, and he uh, he you know put a motion forward. Let's let's put a 10 percent uh, funding cut on, on police and it was like okay wonderful yes finally the government is starting to listen to us and listen to our voices and then as soon as it hit councils like 17 council members voted against it it's not trending anymore right like these things aren't trending anymore so what happens now like mm-hmm. certainly these conversations are you know in our discourse and we're having these conversations and other people are having these conversations and for the first time in a long time uh, or first time ever for a lot of folks people like things like um, defund the police or what was happening right. with Wet2Wet and like hashtag whatsoever wet, wet strong. These conversations are happening and that's wonderful. Yeah. But how do we how do we reconcile with the fact that it's it might potentially be a long term yeah. uh, solution, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think um... There's a lot that needs to happen. Maybe it's a restructuring issue. Maybe it's, uh, you know, it's uh, the powers that be issue. It's uh, there's a lot. There's a lot with this conversation. There's a lot that needs to be sure. reflected upon and and looked at more critically. I think. And I think it's all of our duty to almost mm-hmm. go through that process of. It is okay to criticize what what is happening, what we are seeing, to then make it better, to then reform it, and to see how it could better support um, everyone around us in this in this whole nation and and the nations, the sovereign nations that reside within it too, with with our with our indigenous uh, folks. So it's just. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot that can happen, but you know, I think one of the most important things is the awareness, and I think that yeah. brings up the article in a way too of the of the awareness piece and the advocacy and how even our youth are so impassioned to want to better better uh, form the country and uh, within their own personal communities too. So um, I guess this brings brings to our first question, uh, which is um, what? Oh, you know what? how about this what did we find very interesting from the article what was what was interesting for you as you read the article
1: i think i think it's it's tough right because a lot of these things have been happening and will happen mm-hmm. without the direct support of academics and that's something that right. i'm sure you've you've encountered before it's like these, these things are happening whether or not um, academics are writing articles about them. And one article, uh, sorry, one scholar that uh, comes to mind when having this sort of conversation is Vidya Shah, who talks about having to reconcile with one's privilege as an academic, right? It always like when, when you ask, like, what do I find interesting about it? It's like, I find it interesting that it's like only beginning to enter into the academic sphere of conversation now, and it's only beginning to sort of enter in the, the sphere of uh, curriculum studies, for example, right? And like, obviously, there was, there's been articles past, right? but like these are real tangible uh, effects that are happening in, in the classroom and outside of the classroom so for for a scholar to sit down and, and acknowledge that it's is powerful right it is it's absolutely wonderful um they pay respect to sheila mclean nina wilson sylvia mcadams and jessica gordon who uh, were the founders of the idol no more movement um and i was actually uh, seeing you know what, what sort of conversations they're having right now Uh, with respect to uh, these ideas of civic engagement activism dissent and specifically they're they're so proud and they're so uh not to put words in their mouth but they're they're elated that these conversations are continuing to go to to reoccur and continue to uh be had right so as much as it's continuing to be had in the academic sphere like these conversations are happening you know amongst regular folks I, i use that quote liberally but you know it's an ongoing conversation so i love that
0: i love that too yeah. i love that too it it kind of what brings us all together is is through conversation it's through sharing it's through listening it's through understanding and it's that it's that key point of empathy i love me some empathy in mm-hmm. my life you gotta love so, it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what that's what brings people together to to put yourself in someone else's shoes right yeah. And, and to actually understand the experiences that other people face when it's not happening to you, that doesn't mean it's not happening, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so with this article too, which I, I really appreciate, is that it's talking about how it's important to like relay information in such a woke way to youth, to connect. To understand and to know that they also have a piece here to also play uh, to the whole puzzle of what's even happening so it's uh, it's really beautiful this article because it makes us really you know of course reflect on what's even happening with the Black Lives Matter movement but also even with the Me Too movement even that was pivotal for a lot of folks of of, um, you know sexual uh, abuse or whatever the case in that way, be able to then share their experiences and be heard. Be listened to, and it's it's just a means for mobilization in a way. You know, it's it's very interesting to really see the role of social media and how it plays to connect. And I don't know. I think that's really profound. I think that's really wonderful.
1: I think it's, it is interesting that everything, you know, that, that this article discusses and everything that we're going to discuss with respect to uh, digital and online activism currently in 2020 is happening in the context of a global pandemic. Right. Yeah. So that's almost like the framework for which we're looking at these issues. It's like, you know, we're having conversations about Black Lives Matter. Like, how is that happening in, in in with respect to the global pandemic? Because a lot of marginalized right. folks um, in the United States, uh, most specifically, uh, people black people and in canada uh, more specifically marginalized indigenous folks um, uh, queer folks right trans trans community are being um, negatively affected by the the global pandemic as well as these things and a lot of a lot of these issues with respect to this article can be taken up by looking at well like if, if we're talking about digital activism if we're talking about having your voice heard it's you know, how many of these folks actually have access to the internet, right? How many of these mm-hmm. folks have access to uh, being able to let their voice uh, let their voice kind of come to the spotlight, right? Because that's where that conversation is happening, right? It's, you don't really, you're not getting flyers, like you don't walk the street and getting flyers anymore like you, like you used to. I mean, I didn't, but our parents maybe did, right? Um, so that, that's something that is challenging and obviously that's something that can't be done in, in the light of the pandemic that face-to-face interaction further perpetuates a marginalization of marginalized communities. So as much as we want to have a conversation about what's happening online, it's like what's happening offline. Right. Because for a lot of folks, there isn't an online, you can't get online. Right, right. There was an interesting uh, stat that was done by the uh, government of Canada in 2016 that talked that it was like 95% of youth have access to the internet. But it doesn't say at home all the time right it's just like maybe right. hey, that might mean for folks just going into a starbucks or a you know a coffee shop and you know checking in going online or whatever maybe being hit by a paywall maybe not right so it, it is tough to have the, it, even like us like we're living in a, in a space of privilege right now by just having this conversation on instagram live right some people can't yeah. you know do that some people yeah. just don't get that opportunity so
0: Right. some people don't even have access to cell phones. Some people don't even have access to computers. Um, so then it also talks about like, not the article in itself, but like this, this, this conversation of even access in itself is even demonstrating the access of education. Also, um, where a lot of folks don't get the same level of education based off of, you know, the circumstances of life or whatever the case. Uh, there's this. There's this thing I actually read today uh, that talked about uh, the the pipeline of of uh, what was it? It was it was a pipeline of education, talking about how marginalized youth are literally streamlined to be then uh, connected to go into uh, juvenile detention centers or whatever the case. Like it's just it's it's really. Really, really, really skeevy to even read that because you almost don't think that that's even happening, but it is. And and that was just one of the ways that uh, every single day I try to read more about like the Black Lives Matter movement. At least I try to educate myself every single day with it. Um, so that was just one of the one of the things I just so read. So it just really made me really coherent I guess as an educator I don't want that to happen to my students like yeah. I, will, I will fight whoever yeah. I'm not letting that happen to my students sure. so I want to ensure that their safety and their experiences are pivotal and at the forefront of their educational experience yeah. and a lot of educators not not like it's, it's bad to generalize but there's there's a lot more that could potentially be done for educators to really think about the demographics of their classroom and who's involved inside their classroom and ensuring that everyone feels heard and listened to Mm -hmm. Um, and even that it's it's really it's it's hard for access even even in that way as well, if an educator doesn't think that way, you know? Yeah,
1: for sure. And this conversation around, like, what what, in, what is implied in the, like, what is what is an educator, to be specific, right? For a lot of youth, that is just yeah. going online, right? For what was happening with the Black Lives Matter movement, I had so many folks reach out to me specifically and say, well, like, hey, um, you know, how should I go about this? What sort of resources can I access? and um, how do I have this conversation, like, give me the language to be able to navigate the world um, as, a, as a, you know, Euro settler Canadian, like, appropriately, and it's, like, in a lot of ways, on one hand, as an educator, I'm responsible for, for doing that, but on a lot of, of other ways, like, I'm not responsible to give you the language to have conversations around, like, Black Lives Matter, and I'm sure you might feel the same way with, like, respect to what was happening with the, the wet, wet and, like, we have access to the internet, right? like, we do specifically, so there's a privilege yeah. there, but, for those folks who do have access to the internet, it's like that should be the first place. So then we, as educators, should be giving youth the opportunity to remain critical and engage with the internet in a way that that access uh, can be done appropriately, right? Because otherwise, like, where where do we stand? Where do we stand as educators and as as good Samaritans, as folks, right? Like, that's tough. That's something we have to reconcile.
0: Absolutely, it's definitely something to work on every single day and 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 also understanding and being critical of what is news to yeah. what is being raised in conversations what is real what's not real how to check that as well because there's a lot of information on the internet so then how to navigate that in, in appropriate ways to do that
1: that's that's such a good point i mean just like with the amount of information that's that's online right now a lot of folks are feeling overwhelmed Right? like nobody wants to admit that but it's like you see so many posts uh, with we, like back in February, saw so many co- January, you saw so many posts about like what was happening up north with the wet uh pipeline. In in February, March, April, it was like all COVID, 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 COVID. And was like now we're having a conversation about George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement and Breonna Taylor. And so many posts are like, hey, did you know it's like not trending anymore? Like you know, uh, like let's. And it's a meme now, right? Like like yeah. the 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 officers that are that killed Breonna Taylor, like right in your face and it's like this stuff needs to be had in a conversation but like how do we find that balance between like presenting that information making it accessible to folks is it our responsibility to not overwhelm them i don't think so Mm -hmm. i think we we all need to check our ignorance and we need to check other folks ignorance with respect to these issues because otherwise like the next the next i use the word trend here is going to come and then everything before that is not forgotten per se but it's not in the the front line of the conversation and that's tough because there's a large majority of people who as we've been talking about who might not be online who might not be uh, in the academic sphere aren't going to continue to have those conversations because they're going to go back to their nine to five or they're going to be doing what they need to do to survive right so where does that where does that leave us right
0: Um, and what resources then are there to Better support folks with, I don't know, lack of access in the, in that way too. Like, what can we do to to further support these these folks in these ways? So it's um, that one I'll have to ponder. That one, that one's a good one because it's just, what can we do? You know? know, like okay, right. I don't have the answer either. So yeah. that's definitely something that I wouldn't mind looking more into for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because education is key, I think education's resilience and education's our new buffalo, and it it helps provide the tools that we need to survive sure. uh, with everything going on, or just with understanding your, I don't know your place in this world. Even too, it's just education is just very beautiful to me, and I think that's why I feel so impassioned with these with these movements, and even with. Being an educator too, and then wanting to then support educators to teach, you know, Indigenous curriculum in this way it's just I. There's just a lot there personally. I think with it, mm-hmm. just because I've seen all these injustices, I think,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's even more of a. It's more of a motivation. Uh, I feel to 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 do better. So in order in order for me to do that, in order for anyone to do that, though it's really important to, you know, look for ways of how to do better and think better and, you know, still educate yourself in the process. So that's why this conversation about access is definitely what I'm I'm personally going to take after this and learn about more and how how um how I, I don't know how we can
1: better support uh yeah. in this way. So thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. You had had said, uh, this is the new Buffalo, I'm not familiar with that uh, Mm -hmm. that term, what what does that mean?
0: So, um, the Buffalo, um, it's, uh, it's really, it's, uh, uh, try not to get, like, um, almost emotional with it, Uh, (laughs) which is, it's interesting. Um, so what the Buffalo means for First uh, First Nations people, uh, or for Métis and whatever the case, uh, the buffalo was eradicated uh, when a piece of uh, settlement uh, here on Treaty 7, or just on the prairies in themselves. Um, so when the buffalo left, so did a lot of the livelihoods of indigenous people too. But yet the buffalo still exists to this day, and so do indigenous people to this day. So it's kind of a symbolic notion of resiliency. Of survival, of just being, and that's why education is also this vessel. It is also the symbolic notion of resiliency, of survival, of connection. So the buffalo and education are kind of together in this this beautiful way. Um, So it's just uh, it's that's why it's our new buffalo.
1: Thanks for sharing. That's good.
0: Absolutely, yeah. It's um, yeah. It's very powerful, um, especially for uh, First Nations folks on um, uh, on the prairies. It's just, yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's very pivotal for us. That's for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so I don't know. What else would you like to talk about? I know it's more of a conversation than than anything else
1: we kind of got derailed there a little bit
0: i love Um, it i love it it's all good good. but
1: yeah yeah.
0: is there anything Um, to explore further
1: i i I don't nothing specific no no i don't i don't feel like there is if you if there's something that you wanted to address specifically or sure
0: um maybe we could talk about that article that you also brought to light too and talking about um how to enact um how to enact uh, notions within educational settings, like classrooms, this can look like classrooms that you and I both have space within, or it could be classrooms that, you know, educators um, in like, um, say like K to 12 environments uh, also have access to And there's there's an article that you shared as well that talks about um, connections to um you know the advocacy, I guess, in, in supporting indigenous notions within uh, these environments. So I was just wondering if you'd like to uh, further discuss that.
1: Sure. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I, sh- I shared the the Indigenous Action Plan from mm-hmm. the right. Yeah. So like, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. But just like briefly, from from what I under- understand, it seems like the uh, the university is taking steps. The efficacy of those steps, I can't speak to as uh, an, a non-Indigenous person, but from, from what it seems like, in light of the conversations that have been happening around COVID-19 and um, equity as a, as a whole, right, like, if I could homogenize the term equity, like, I think these conversations are really forcing a lot of institutions, corporations, to have these sort of conversations, like, well, how can we be better, to, to use your term, like, how can we continue just to, to be better? Um, and a lot of what that looks like for a lot of folks and a lot of communities is reconceptualization, right? Like breaking down what we uh, understand to be the structure of how things are working for folks and for companies, institutions, etc. Um, and saying, well, look, like, how can we rebuild it to to make it uh, better from the ground up? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, I think the curriculum is a great start. I, I did my uh, Bachelor of Education in New Zealand, as, as you know and the foundation of the New Zealand curriculum is based on um, these tenets, these Tikanga Maori values, right? these values that are based on uh, community and uh, so specifically like for example there's Manakitanga which is kindness, Fanangananga which is uh, family relations, right, like these sort of principles guide our understanding of like how we should be interacting with A the curriculum but also the world around us, right, so I think the university is taking steps to Reconceptualize the structure. Is it enough? I can't speak to that, but I mean, it's wonderful to see that they're building that foundation again on indigenous values. So, what are your thoughts are you? on that?
0: Um, I've had an interesting experience uh, with. <laughs> with the action plan that was instated at the university, uh, the the one that I used to uh, go to at Mount Royal University. And as a part of my platform, because I was, uh, uh, again, sorry, my my point of privilege with this position, but I was the Vice President of Student Life for my student union um, at the university. So a lot of my platform did uh, involve uh, indigenous advocacy, and it was through the notions that were through the strategic plan that was also instated at, at the university, and it's it's an interesting it's an interesting um, action plan in the way where a lot of pressure has to be put on administration, which is oh. the highest level of the hierarchy. Uh, within institutions, which is reflected within the within the actual plan that you also shared with me too, and how can these folks, these folks, and these places of position, to then incorporate indigenous notions when they are already colonial, like so colonial in that way? So then, how does one then go through the process of? understanding this point of position understanding these notions and then how to deconstruct it in a way and a lot of folks did have understandings that we we just didn't want it to be a, um, a box being checked sure. as it means that I did this therefore I don't need to continue my work to then decolonize or I don't sure. need to continue my work to then uh include indigenous notions within Mm -hmm. the classroom or you know Mm -hmm. it's just if if it's just a checkbox, i don't want any i literally saw the
1: title of an article that was uh indigenizing the university of ottawa it's like uh if, if you're using that as a verb like you know like once we get it to that point then it's we're good don't worry like we've done we've done our part there's a problem here right yeah yeah
0: yeah absolutely so that's my critical look, I think, with these action plans. And it's not that the the folks who are inside these positions of power um, aren't reflecting, and I, I certainly hope they are, but how do then folks like me uh, ensure that they, uh, when I was the VPSL at, at uh, MRU, how did I ensure that these folks were then doing what they're supposed to be doing? That was through conversations. It was foremost through conversations where, we just chatted. How is it going? What are you doing? What are you up to? Um, how is it then going through the process of chatting with folks from the community? How is it going through, you know, harnessing your own personal uh, notions within yourself as well? And um, that was more toward, I'd say, the middle middle end of my of my um, of my year with that. So I wish even even in my position, I wish I did more. I wish I could have done better. Um, but these are just things to reflect on and I, I really did appreciate that experience but even things that, you know, I see it's really important to recognize. that Luna!
1: It's my little puppy, I'm so, hello, hi! She's just coming and saying hi, she's got her ball. You got your ball? Can I have it? Thank you, go get it! <laughs> Thank you, Oh darling. She's precious, yeah. She's distracting but precious. We got oh. her uh, a new ball today, so she's uh, she's going crazy. She loves it, apparently, so that's awesome. <laughs>
0: good. I'm so yeah. happy to hear. <laughs> yeah.
1: Sorry to interrupt you, Sergeant.
0: No, no, it's all good. If it's for a dog, uh, <laughs> I don't mind.
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem like uh, yeah Mercy Maddox doesn't seem to yeah. like so. <laughs> That's Luna, yeah. Lovely, lovely, thank you. Yeah. Um,
0: but, yeah, I guess it's just always that point of reflection and just, you know, uh, I certainly hope these folks inside these positions of power um, are doing the work to to uh, connect it with themselves and knowing what they can personally do to then ensure that voices who need to be heard are getting heard. Yeah, um, but not in like yeah. a tokenized way either, because that's also a conversation I've already previously had too on the IGTV series with uh, with a um, uh, with a good pal, uh, Michael. So um, yeah, it's just. It's, it's a constant conversation, and it's yeah. a constant uh, notion, I guess, of, of uh, deconstructing it in, in these ways.
1: I, I love the idea here that it's an ongoing conversation, right? And in that way, our current understanding of education is impossible, right? Like, it's a paradox within itself, and that's... We're going back to this idea that we need to, like, reconceptualize. It's like, it's not going to work within this framework because it, it will always be a... I'm speaking from a text, right, so that the curriculum as planned and I'm enacting the curriculum as, as lived, to use Ted, Ted term as a curriculum scholar, for those who might not be familiar, um, it's never going to work because those individual voices are always going to be different every single day, every single student, in every single different class, right, so to say this is what education looks like is is a false notion, just as the same mm-hmm. way that to, to say that this is what the institution should look like is is false, So maybe that might be... Part of the, the problem with it if it doesn't specifically say we are going to continue to learn and continue to challenge our understanding and continue to be wrong in so many ways right. and continue to try to be better then perhaps it's not going to work right? right right
0: absolutely yeah it's just it's it's a lot it's a lot with it and now notice with that article that you also shared too that's a new action plan they just yeah. posted like
1: January. 23rd or something
0: yeah, 2020, yeah. like, that's, that's interesting to me yeah. when when conversations, uh, especially because of the fact that University of Ottawa also has a, the Indigenous Resource Centre, uh, which er, is filled with fabulous people, if they're also watching this too. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and it's just a wonderful environment, but I'm just actually surprised um, that it is so recent when these conversations honestly should have been happening a long time yeah. ago
1: for sure for sure so for for those who joined us we're just speaking specifically to the uh, indigenous action plan and with, with respect to what we're saying right now i'm reading the next step and it says reconciliation is a journey the Abri- uh, aboriginal working committee will continue to work together with our partners to respond to the priorities of the urban indigenous communities in ottawa and ensure that the reconciliation action plan evolves based on those priorities so that's awesome. I mean, like from a settler perspective, that's awesome, right? Like I, I, I can't speak to uh, what that looks like um, mm-hmm. on, the, on the other side of that, but I, I think the, the idea that we continue to learn is, is
0: mm-hmm.
1: seems to me to be good, right? I don't, I don't speak for anyone, but.
0: Yeah. I certainly hope that partnerships are truly partnerships where everyone is wanting to receive what they need to from these conversations. So as long as like everything is involving notions of community impact for both, I think that is key. and that's extremely extremely important uh, for these partnerships to to be taking place and it's talking about like reciprocity like to give to then receive and to ensure that it's a constant circle it's a constant cycle um so as long as it's being done in these ways good in my books
1: yeah definitely well, I'm, glad we, I'm glad we had a chance to discuss that if it, if it is ongoing then we will obviously have this conversation again <laughs> so, for this card, uh,
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for raising that as so well. I'm really happy that you did. Um, there's also a, a question too: is how can the role of technology and social media move forwards for our students?
1: Mm-hmm. I think this this idea that we need to move forward is can be can be problematic in some ways, but really positive in in another because uh, the idea that we're moving forward is at some some sometimes specifically within the context of education can be framed as this this uh, notion of meritocracy which uh, if that term is unfamiliar to some folks the idea of meritocracy is that you continue to work really really hard and you continue to build upon what you did and eventually you will become successful right. Um, I think as long as we are continuing to listen to our students and understand their needs As we spoke about at the beginning of this uh this conversation as long as we continue to let them tell us what they need then we'll be okay right whether or not that's moving forward moving back you know walking around in the circle as long as we're listening to our students and our students know their individual needs then we as educators will be okay Mm-hmm. But if our if our system of education is built on this idea of meritocracy, always being moving forward and getting on to the next step, then that becomes really really challenging. And that's where we get into these notions where the curriculum then becomes something that we need to problematize because then it is being applied to every individual student, right? Like we take the curriculum and we apply it to Zachary, and it's going to make him, you know, uh, move forward. And then we're going to ap- apply it to Jennifer, and she's going to do the same thing for her and as a whole class every single uh, member of this classroom is going to be successful by our standards right Mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, digital revolutions when it comes to being online and having access to the internet for so many people that's going to look like so many different things because we have and come from so many different perspectives for me i'm coming from a lens of critical uh, race studies and anti-black racisms for you that might be that might be different right so we need to focus on you know, our students individually need to say like, hey, what what are you doing online and how can, how can I support you and give you the resources and tools that you need to become the person that you need to be in the context of this world uh, in which we all need to survive.
0: Oh, so that's beautiful. How, how,
1: how, would you, how, that. how would you answer that question? I
0: love that. Um, I think it's, yeah, I like, I like what you said in regards to it depends on how that move forward can be interpreted. And for, for me, it's, it's understanding the past, how impacts present, which would then lead us to our future actions. And I think it's the notion of actions that are really uh, key, especially in regards to educators. I'm just going to bring it back to educators because a lot of teachers will not acknowledge the past wrongdoings of the canadian government and crown relations in regards to uh, say the indian act or stay with um, i don't know just the confident uh, uh injustices that are faced with indigenous peoples may that be with the missing, murdered indigenous women and girls um or just through the 60 scoop or residential uh schooling system like there's so many notions here that are uncomfortable to talk about. And I think with, uh, which was already previously discussed too on another IGTV, but it talked about Susan Dion and and how uh, they were able to then note uh, how teachers have the responsibility to teach their students these notions inside the classroom, whether that be historical um, and to how it impacts the present to then move forward with the future. And, and she talks about this thing called restitution in education. So basically to give back knowledge to where it, it came from, basically. I that. And I re- that gave me chills when I first read I that, that too. am happy that uh, I get to talk about it with someone, so thank you. Uh, mm-hmm, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's, it, it just gave me chills because that's it. Like That just makes sense. And she also talked about too, is this notion of called uh, the perfect stranger. And how educators put themselves inside this bracket, I guess, um, of being the perfect stranger because they don't feel comfortable enough to uh, talk about um, these difficult notions of history into their classroom because they don't have the place to talk about it because they feel like they're going to appropriate the information they're going to not do it properly. But the thing is is that it's personal and it has to be personal. So then what is your personal place in being able to yeah. talk about these notions within yeah. the classroom I think with with being able to meet that, then you're able to then talk about uh, you know, technology and then you're able to talk about social media and how it could potentially coincide uh, with, with it too, but it's to me, it has to be personal before it can then be collective. Sure. So it's, it's, it's really it's a key journey to go on. It's an important journey to go on and I advocate for that to ensure that everyone is going through that journey personally because it's yeah. okay to make mistakes. It's okay to Um, go through these uh, difficult uncomfortable feelings because on the other end of it you're going to just learn so much from these experiences and that's where the key learning actually comes from and that's why I appreciate you know what is going on in terms of what's what's happening with social media uh, especially nowadays and how it's moving towards um, the ability for people to feel uncomfortable because That's that's important. That's yeah. key with learning. So yeah, I think that's 100%. how I feel.
1: <laughs> I love it, and I, I honor that. I honor your voice and your perspective. It's absolutely Thank wonderful. You. Um, Thank you.
0: Yeah, oh. it's uh, a lot. Yeah.
1: It's a lot. Yeah. No, I think I think I'll, I, I specifically like what you're saying with respect to making people uncomfortable. Can be really challenging. Going back to what we were talking about earlier, in this notion that um it can be overwhelming at times right yeah. and we ha- we do have to you know check our own ignorance and within that place of ignorance there's a place of privilege mixed with um uncertainty and a-, a lack of understanding right so when we have this kind of triangle of let's identify let's identify our needs as i was mentioning and let's you know look at the individual individualized context from which our students are coming then you you have this place of, of learning and within that that journey of learning you will step out of in- ignorance and once we mm-hmm. get to that place then I think that we've done our our job as educators because then our students have the tools and the the uh, the perspective and critical understanding to engage with the world, to better to better come to grips with the challenges that they will inevitably face that we won't be able to help them with, right? Because they're going to get to a place where we as educators, and speaking from a primary teacher's perspective, like uh, I might not be having these you know large scale conversations about. Um, systemic issues so in in such a nuanced way, but if I continue to teach my children that as long as they engage with um, looking at things and not just accepting everything at face value, then those critical skills transform into something that will allow them to look at the world and say, well, hey, is this right? Is this wrong? How do I look at it from my individualized experience? And I think that's what we're both saying, right? Is like within our own context and with our own journeys, there's this place of escaping ignorance. And within that, there's knowledge.
0: All right. Oh, that's so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
1: thank
0: you. Oh goodness. Well, uh, not gonna lie, but it's already three fifty-one. Uh, we would like to honor uh, folks. If anyone has any questions uh, for us that you'd like us to further, uh, you know, dive into, uh, please let us know if you have any questions.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much uh, for having me here today, and thanks for. Uh, everyone who joined us who might uh, look at one of these videos later on thank you for taking the time to uh, learn and grow and understand and uh, I, I hope we both have had something uh, to offer if, if anything right
0: absolutely uh, thank you truly thank you from the bottom of my heart of being able to join and I know how busy you are with uh, with everything that you're up to and mm-hmm. I'm just really appreciative that I met you within my, my experience at, um, in Ottawa and mm-hmm. our, our, our continuous work together too, because we're on a couple of research papers
1: to together. So Love it. Love it. <laughs> well, you're definitely a colleague and a friend, uh, the likes of whom I do want to remain in contact with indefinitely, so um, come back to Ottawa sooner than later, please. <laughs> and uh, let's get some lunch. Let's get a let's get a drink. Whatever that may look like. Go go to the board game cafe again. Uh, yes, I would yes. love that. I missed it. I miss do you so have much. any plans to come back to Ottawa, by the
0: way? I do. I do. I do. Yeah, I'll tell. I'll tell you after this. But Perfect. um. Awesome. I'll keep it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. keep it on the DL <laughs> alright awesome Thanks, thank you and thank everyone thank
0: you everyone Thank Enjoying you. Me. Uh, thank you everyone uh, for joining us again if you have any questions uh, moving forward feel free to reach out to any of us um, I will put uh, Drake's uh, Instagram handle also on uh, the video and also with the comments so if you'd like to follow him please follow him uh, up to you uh, but again thank you so 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 much for uh, being able to join And I always love hearing uh, your perspectives, your knowledge, uh, your sharing. And you come from such a beautiful place of understanding. And it's a beautiful voice to listen to. So thank you. Thank you so much for being able to share with me
1: today. It's a pleasure, Zoma. And thanks so much for having me. And likewise. Awesome.
0: Okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye.